Blog Talk Radio. Oh, 
on a new way of living that I had never done before. I'd gone to church before. I'd listened to sermons. I'd even obeyed sermons. But I had embarked on a new way of living. God was in control of my life, and he was driving the bus, not me. Amen? And it didn't matter what I yelled from the back seat, he kept driving. Amen? He didn't ask my opinion. He turned when he thought he ought to turn. It didn't matter what I saw outside the window. My job was to take my seat and be quiet and trust him. And I suppose that many of you have learned that too, that God is actually in control, and it's really not you anymore. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad to know you can't wreck the bus anymore? I know I am, that no matter what happens, he's driving and he knows what he's doing. Amen. Yes, it's a relief. He said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I used to think I could absolutely destroy my life, but he's in control of it. And so I can't I can't do that. It's not possible. My hands are not on the steering wheel nor on the gears. My feet don't touch the brakes anymore. I'm sitting someplace else. He's sitting in the driver's seat and assurance, and I have great consolation and peace that no matter what comes, it's going to turn out all right. Amen? And I hope that many of you have come to that place in your walk in faith as well. You come to the place that you're confident enough in God that you know that no matter what comes your way, God's going to work it out. You just have to remain humble, submitted, and obedient. Praise the Lord. Humble, submitted, and obedient. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because you know, saints, in this world, you really can't tell what's just around the corner. But God already knows. He's already around the corner. So have faith in him. Don't worry about it. You can't do much about it anyway except to have faith in him. And that's the best thing to do. That's the very best thing to do is to have a confident assurance in our God and in his promises, in his holy word. He will see us through no matter what is around the corner. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, In the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for being our counselor, for being our guide, for being our leader, for being our God, for being our Savior, our healer. What would we do without you? We know we fail like we used to do. So we're so pleased that we don't have to live a life of failure and we don't have to be slaves to fear because we are the children of God. We're no longer slaves to fear. 
because you've broken every bondage, every single bondage. You've destroyed it. You came and destroyed the works of the devil. So it just doesn't matter what the devil tries. You already have the answer, and we're coming to you for the answers, Lord. We don't have to act like Thomas because you said to Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. We can believe. We can believe, yes. It's our blessed privilege to believe our God. Amen. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We believe. Amen. So we thank you, Father, for the gift of faith. We thank you that you've given to every man the measure of faith to believe, to believe the gospel, if they will choose to, because this is a whosoever will faith. We want to thank you for affording us these opportunities for growth, affording us these opportunities for development in faith, affording us these opportunities to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling before you. We want to thank you. It's a privilege that we do not deserve, but it's a privilege that Jesus Christ died for us to have. And so we will take full advantage of these privileges, and we give you praise. We give you glory. You said to us, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. So, Father, we've come to deal with our doubt and our unbelief by humbling ourselves before you in fasting and prayer and seeking your face. We thank you, Lord, that you're dealing with us deep in the crevices of our lives, pulling out those things that we went, oh, that's still there? Yes, it's still there, but it's time for it to go. And so, Lord, We thank you for the transforming power of your grace. We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the mist. We thank you for your warring linking angels. We thank you for your praising angels, for your ministering spirits, and for everything that our inheritance in Jesus Christ affords us. We thank you, Lord, that we really are becoming the saints that you want us to be, and we are turning from our wicked ways. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for the word tonight, Lord. It's here to get our attention. It's here to help us. It's here to strengthen us. It's here to correct us. It's here to bring us the truth, the truth that we need, the truth that we need to grow and to believe and to walk in faith. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places, 
with Christ Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over the spirit of fear. We bind him in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all of his agents and all of his underlings in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind every phobia that we have had, even phobias that were transferred to us through the family line. We bind them in the name of Jesus. We bind untrusting spirits in us, faithlessness in us, in Jesus' name. We bind all anxiety, all stress, all worry, and all excess concern in Jesus' name. We bind torment and horror in the name of Jesus. We bind nightmares and terror in the name of Jesus. We bind faint-heartedness. We bind heart attacks and strokes and all other physical manifestations of fear. We bind digestive problems that are rooted in fear in Jesus' name. We bind hormonal problems that are rooted in fear in Jesus' name. We bind nervous tension rooted in fear in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind other various diseases, illnesses, ailments, and malfunctions of uh, bodily fluids, hormones, the endocrine system, and our internal organs rooted in fear in Jesus' name. We bind all childhood fears. <laughs> All of those fears we had when we were little, things that caused us to hide under the bed and hide in the closet and to run away, we bind those fears at their root in the name of Jesus Christ, and we lay the battle axe of the Lord to the root of them. We uproot them in Jesus' name. We command them to come up and out of us now. Deep breath and calm. We command them to come up and out of us now in the name of Jesus Christ and never return. We send them bound, chained, and into the spiritual cage to the feet of Jesus for judgment. Words that became wounds to us, we bind in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not live in terror for what men might say to us. We take authority, dominion, and power over the intimidations of life. Threatenings of life. The restlessness of life. We bind you in the name of Jesus. Come out of God's people. Come out of God's people right now. In the name of Jesus, come up and out of God's people right now. We bind all oppression, whether it be atmospheric, whether it be 
due to the inordinate use of authority. Whether it be to generalize unrighteousness, we bind all oppression in Jesus' name. We bind the fear of death in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, even fear of the death of our financial lives. Various fears concerning our health, our well-being, our physical well-being, and our mental and spiritual well-being. We bind those fears in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind men being in fear. We bind the fear of man. And we loose over the members of Miracle Outreach Ministry a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We take authority, dominion, and power over the fear of missing heaven. In Jesus' name, we bind those fears. We thank you, Lord, that we no longer have a need to fear because you have given us your faith. We give you praise. We give you glory. We praise you, Lord, for allowing us to walk in divine health. For you are our God who heals all of our diseases, and by your stripes we have been healed. We thank you and praise you for our prosperity and good health, even as our soul prospers. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. You are our shepherd and we shall not want. We want to thank you, Lord. You are our shepherd, for you have supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. And we come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we bind the attacks coming from the approaching uh, demonic holiday of Halloween. We bind the attacks 
and we turn them back from whence they originate before they arrive to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the attack from attacking us, and we turn it around now. We boomerang it now, and we send it back from whence it came in the name of Jesus. Go back. Go back in Jesus' name. You cannot come and attack us. We forbid you. We raise the shield of faith, and we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Go back where you came from in the name of Jesus Christ. We return the attack onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking, reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar, electronic, digital, technology demons, and all their attacks, Leviathan spirits, brainwashing spirits, Kundalini spirits, water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, sorcery devils, and their attacks, all smart dust, drone spirits, seducing, womanizing, quartum spirits, and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer. All targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons, all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism and mind control by the occult. All force feedback, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks, designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, and binding all vibrations which are demons in the name of Jesus Christ. We forbid you to attack us in the name of Jesus. We bind passive devils. Unclean spirits, sorcery devils, seducing and womanizing devils, all the voices of the stranger, the Havana syndrome, brain changeries, and injuries, and all remote viewing. We bind sonic and audio weapons and their attacks in Jesus' name. We bind all the voices of the stranger, the seducer, the charmer, and all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks. We bind all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, sonic frequency attacks, 5G and all their component attacks, everything coming off the satellites, the cell towers, and through our electronic and digital technological devices in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We bind all mystic rituals in their intent, all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order, rank, and, and type of magic and mystic arts. We bind Morgellons attack, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Arctic, Antarctic, Asian, Indonesian, New Zealander, 
Australian all tribal groups all indigenous groups all marginalized groups Ringa de Libricia Carugodo Regisa Terabresa Terabro Runga de Libricia Terabrehe de Ocotorobrig de Araria Soto All Caribbean, Latin American, and Jamaican Black and White Magic In the name of Jesus, we bind you Everywhere where magic is being performed and worked against people Voodoo and Hoodoo, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ We send it back in the name of Jesus, we send it back from whence it came. We send all Chaldean uh, demonic worship. Father, in the name of Jesus, with the sword of the Lord, the sword of the Spirit, we cut every member in Miracle Outreach Ministries free. We cut them free from every family entanglement and tie that ties them into witchcraft and the occult in Jesus' name. We cut them free now in the name of Jesus. Hey, hey, urumba, usha da baraka. We remove the noose from around their necks in the name of Jesus. We send it back from whence it came in Jesus' name. All the bindings, all the bindings, let them fall away like melted flax, just as they did on Samson in Jesus' name. For the Spirit of the Lord is in our midst, and he is upon his people. We bind all trolls in Jesus' name. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide and all free-flying devils and all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return its powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog, and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse, devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, 
wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, monitor, track, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effect of the righteousness righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool, and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, all astral projections, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. We bind the inordinate use of conjugal rights in Jesus' name. We bind all vampire, spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, make-believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, la-la lands, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirits and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, BioPK, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind the king of pride. We chain him with eternal chains under darkness. And we cage him in the spiritual cages in Jesus' name. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. And we return them from whence they came in the name of Jesus. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry in every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all gods and goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, and Baphomet in 72. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ and chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all uh, demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, and designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, and powers in the name of Jesus and also those of associated organizations. In Jesus' name, we bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grips, and more. In Jesus' name, we bind every spirit that was familiar to the lay of the sins. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions. 
and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemies upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind the work of errors in our life. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, witchcraft, and intimidations back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Amen. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief and whom we serve and obey. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We disconnect ourselves from all such spirits that were sent to us, followed us, transferred to us. We bind them in the name of Jesus, and we command them to leave us now. We take authority, dominion, and power over the spirits that came through um, our computers when we turned them on, our cell phones when we turned them on. And we send them back with any curses that came with it in the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, every curse that has been sent to us, we send it back from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ. It does not belong to us because Jesus has become a curse for us. So we send those curses right back in the name of Jesus, wherever they came from. They are not ours. We will not receive them nor accept them. We reject them in the name of Jesus Christ. We prefer the blood of the Lamb of God. Amen. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We cover ourselves and uh, with the blood of Jesus and our mode of transportation, whatever that may be, the road or the airways, whichever or the water, whatever we're using in Jesus' name. And we forbid any evil spirits or entities or demons or animals to cross our path and to cause difficulty, even poor driving habits by others. We bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially persecuted Christians and those that were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us, Lord. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand will save us. We pull out all the fiery darts, every fiery dart, pen, needle, spear, and voodoo, and everything else sent to us from the demonic realm, and we send it right back. It's not ours. God did not order any such for us and we will not receive it. We bind up the bad dreams, the nightmares, the sex dreams, anyone or anything attempting to get into our dreams. 
and we forbid them to come near us. We forbid them to astral project uh, to us. We cut their silver cords in the name of Jesus Christ. We cut their silver cords in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind up their sacrifices, and we send it back in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that the wall of fire is continually around your people in Jesus' name. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people. Somebody find that scripture and post it for me because it just came to me. It's in the Old Testament. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 125:2 As the mountains are round about Jerusalem so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth, even, and forever. Thank you, Lord, for the promises of your word. Thank you for the promises of your word, Lord. Thank you for the promises of your word. We cut ourselves free from all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We break down and destroy and tear down walls of protection around warlocks, witches, wizards, Satanists, globalists, nanotechnology, and shamans, and sorcerers and divinators. We break the power of every love spell, vex, hex, curse, uh, charm, all fetishes, voodoo, sorcery, magic, destruction, incense and candle burnings, crystals, root works, chanting, incantations and all other tribal rituals and sins and anything sent to us from the demonic realm. We send it back, we send it back, and we will not receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind up all spirits of hate, yes, hate, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, and all the spirits that undergird those devils in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind spirits of of blindness in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirits of bondage, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we release over the people of God the liberty that has been given to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. And everybody said amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Well, saints, our featured psalm for this evening worship service is Psalm 45, Psalm 4, 5. 
And the verse for meditation comes from the book of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verse 2. Amen. And our featured ebook is a book that many of you have not read, then you need to read it because you have pockets of rebellion still in your life. Yes, you said, oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. Okay, well, he did, but now let's get something done about it. Amen? Amen. Our featured ebook is The Spirit of Rebellion. You need to understand more about why things have come to pass the way they are. And many of you for many years have had not only rebellion from your life, but generational rebellion as well. Amen. So you need to deal with it, and you need to deal with it continually until you are completely free and walking free for a long period of time because that spirit will attempt to send reinforcements to you to bring you back into bondage. Amen? Amen. So this isn't a one-time, two-time, three-time thing. No, this is continual warfare because once you get free, you have to remain free. It's not just getting free, it's staying free. Amen? Amen. So those who have come to this church and they only want to stay a couple of seconds, you know, to hear, to get one or two little things out of their life, and then they want to take off and go right back where they were before, they will find after a period of time that that bondage returns. Because if you don't, and this is what Pat Holliday said from the pulpit one day. I remember she said you have to stay under the power of God, under the anointing that got you free. You have to stay under that because that's what helps you to stay free as you're gaining more and more freedom, more and more freedom, more and more freedom. See, some people like to come up here. And when they get this one little problem in their life solved, then they're off right back to those places that um, didn't provide them any, any level of freedom or truth to begin with. And before you know it, they'll be right back in bondage. They'll be right back in bondage. But you know, it's their choice. It's their choice. So you have to not only want to be free, you've got to want to stay free. You got to want to stay free, not just getting free, staying free. And you're going to have to fight to keep any deliverance that you receive. You're going to have to fight all these people that don't want to do spiritual warfare. You're not going to make it. You have to do it. Like you breathe spiritual warfare. This is how. You stay free. And if you begin to associate with people who don't believe the way we believe, who don't believe in doing spiritual warfare all the time, who don't fight devils, who don't resist the devil very much at all, they just want, um, you know, the, the lowly Nazarene to come by every now and then and give them a touch, you're going to lose a lot of what you've gained. Amen? You've come to a different place in faith. And you need to associate with people of like precious faith. 
It helps to keep you strong. Iron sharpens iron, not cotton. Amen? So if you want to leave iron and go sit with cotton, you're going to lose a lot of what you gain, simply because you won't stay sharp. You won't get any sharper, and you won't stay sharp. And that's just the truth. So whomever that was for, now you know. Praise the Lord. And because I listened to that advice many years ago, I'm here today. Think about it. That was many years ago. That was decades ago. So tonight we're going to talk about something the Holy Spirit wants to talk about. He wants to talk about a healthy tongue, a healthy tongue. You know how you stand in front of the mirror in the bathroom and you look at your tongue and you decide, maybe I I need to do something because this isn't looking normal. It's not pink anymore. It's changed color. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to talk about a healthy tongue. The Holy Spirit has given to the believer the word of God as a weapon against your enemy. That's right. It's a weapon against your enemy. Amen. That's what the Bible says. It's a weapon against your enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, capital S, the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, is the Word of God. Amen? Which is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit also uses the word of God to produce and to bring forth the nature of the Lord, the nature of an overcomer within you. So if you don't put in too much word, you're not going to come into development the way you should. That's right. You have to have a healthy appetite for the word and a desire to be what God has called you to be. Well, will you allow the Holy Spirit to do this in you? Will you? You see, there are people who like to come up and listen, but then they don't allow God to do anything in them with what they listen to. That's not going to work. God wants to work inside you to bring forth something new on the outside, making a change in your life. Romans. You don't have to turn there. I'm turning. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Lay your life down, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. What you think and believe has got to change. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You say, well, Pastor, that's a tall order. I agree. But the Holy Spirit is here to help us. Amen? He's here to help us. He is our helper. You need help? Call on him. Well, saints, we are focused on believing the Lord for members of this ministry to be healed in their body. That's right. The membership ought to be healed in their body. That's important. The importance of the word of God is something we all need to understand. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says that the Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof for correction, instruction, and righteousness. Amen. This is how we live. We don't live based on our thoughts, based on our feelings, based on our tradition. That's walking in the flesh. We live our new life in Christ based on the scriptures, the holy scriptures, and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's the life we've been called to live. We are releasing restoration and healing over all of our members every day. Every day. Every single day. So the Holy Spirit is desirous of helping us to understand how our own words affect our health. How our own words affect our health. And believe me, they do. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs. Chapter 18 and verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, saints, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of power released through our tongue. It can bring death or it can bring life to us depending on how we use it. The power of our own tongue can bring death to us or life to us. And they that love it shall eat the fruit 
thereof. That's serious. Those that choose death will eat the fruit thereof. Those that choose life will eat the fruit thereof. That's very serious. And it has serious consequences. You know, the Lord is saying that you either bring life through the use of your tongue, through the power of your tongue, or you bring death. And no one can make that decision but you. And whichever you choose, you're going to get to eat the fruit of it. That's very serious where health is concerned. Amen? That's very, very serious. When we speak, we release spirits. When we speak, we release spirits. When we speak, we release spirits. We release them and we attract them to ourselves. These spirits are either going to benefit us or they are going to work on destruction. They are either going to benefit us or they are going to work towards our own destruction. That's the truth. Proverbs chapter 10 says that the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Well, in a well, you've got a lot of substance because wells are deep. And in this case, the mouth of a righteous person is a well of life, not a well of death. So there's plenty of life coming up continually. So we encourage you to pray in your prayer language frequently, amen, to stir up that well of life that's inside of you, amen. Praise God. I knew you would understand. However, if our mouth is releasing spirits of unrighteousness, we may have created a well of death instead. To be serious about how we handle such. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise is health. So if the tongue of the wise is health, the tongue of the fool is is not health. 
the tongue of the foolish is not health. Think about it. If the, the Bible is telling us that the tongue of the wise is health, well, that means that the tongue of the foolish is not health. It's not healthy to have a foolish tongue. It doesn't promote well-being. Instead, quite the contrary. Amen. But if we are foolish and not wise, we release or invite illness, disease, sickness, and such. That's how that works. There is power in our tongue. And we need to take it seriously. I know we don't usually think of my tongue has power. No, we don't think that way. But we need to think that way. When you get in your car and you you crank the engine and you put it into gear, you're very careful because you know that that car has power, horsepower, all kinds of power, turbo power, you name it, they've got it, hemi power. It's got every kind of power they can give it. Well, your tongue has power too. And so you need to be very careful in you in the use in the utilization of that power because it can bring forth death or life. You know, there's a new way of thinking. It's called the Bible. And before, we didn't think of our tongues as really having any power. But the Bible is explaining to us in dark detail that, yes, we have power in our tongues, and it's not a little bit. It's a lot. And we are being held responsible for how that power is used. The Bible even says that we will give an account for every idle word, every nonproductive word. So, yes, it's real. Power in our tongue is real. It's active. And we have been left as stewards over that power. That's the way it really is. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 15, verse A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Conversely, an unwholesome tongue does not improve well-being. A wholesome tongue tends toward the improvement of the mind or body, and it promotes good health. 
whereas an unwholesome tongue deteriorates the mind and character. The unwholesome tongue deteriorates the mind and character. That's serious. That's very serious indeed. During the course of any given day, researchers say that the average person speaks at least 7,000 words a day, with many speaking much more than that. But are your words profitable? Profitable? Do they bless you? Do they edify you? Do they build you up in the faith? Think about it. Are they a blessing to you? Do they build up your inner man? Or are they weapons for the enemy to use against you? Are they weapons for the enemy to use against you? Are you giving him out free ammo, free ammunition to use against you? Are you doing that? That's not why. Are you giving the enemy bullets to shoot at you? Are you giving him arrows to pierce you through with? Are you giving him a battle axe? to come attack you with. Are you doing that? Amen? It's a good question. It deserves a truthful answer. Just as Peter was told when he stood observing the trial of Jesus, thy speech bereath thee. In other words, Peter was identified by his, and as far as the enemy is concerned, so are we. Peter was trying to warm himself at that trial, trying to listen and find out what was going on, and he was told that his speech betrayed him. His speech identified who he was. Well, the enemy listens to what we say too. And our speech identifies where we really are. It's a locator. Just like your cell phone signal locates you with the satellites and the cell towers, so does what comes out of your mouth, locate you where the enemy is concerned and the angels of God. Because the angels of God wait for the word of God to come out of your mouth and they move on the word of God. They move on the word of God. All that other stuff, that's the enemy's fear. He uses that. So are you fortifying the enemy with ammunition to use against you? 
And for some miraculous reason, you think it will never affect your health. Well, now, why would you think that? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. Proverbs 16:27 Proverbs 16:27 says that an ungodly man diggeth up evil and in his lips there is a burning fire. Have you ever met anyone or have you ever been this person? that just can't wait to get some juicy little nugget about somebody else, of course. It's never about you. And you can't wait to tell it. You just can't wait to tell it. You just got to go tell you. You just can't. you, You can hardly stand yourself. Well, there's a scripture that talks about that kind of person. And here it is. Well, what do you mean an ungodly man diggeth up evil? Well, have you ever seen the the crews by the side of the road when they have to fix something in the road? And they have to use a crane. Sometimes they have to use a backhoe. Sometimes they have to use picks and shovels. Those people are out there working very hard. Well, there's some people... They want to know your business so they can dig up some dirt on you and throw it back in your face later. And most of the time, those people are your family members. Most of the time, those people are people that are close around you. They're in your circle of acquaintances. Now, it may be that someone on the Internet has that level of interest, But most of the time, it's in your family. Amen. And we know that's the truth. We've experienced it enough. Amen. So, a burning fire, a burning fire, saints. Think of that. We can choose between godly living and a tongue that is ablaze to bring harm and destruction. We can either be a blessing or we can bring destruction. In Proverbs chapter 16, beginning with verse 23, Proverbs chapter 16, beginning with verse 23. The the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. Wow. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. His heart teaches his mouth what to say, what not to say, when to speak, when to remain silent. And addeth learning to his lips. The heart of a wise person teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Did you hear that miracle? Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul 
and health to the bone. Pleasant words are health to the bone. They're sweet to the soul and health to the bone. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's right. As honey that is fresh and sweet makes the bones healthy, which is necessary for health to the whole body, so pleasant words refresh the soul, persuade themselves that their sin, their evil doing, their false religious front, and their selfish ways are right. But whatever is not God's way will end in death and hell. Saints may persuade themselves that their sin, their evil doing, their false religious front, and their selfish ways are right. But ever is not God's way will end in death and hell. That's right. Mhm. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 63. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 63. Jesus speaking. It is the spirit that flesh profiteth nothing. It is the spirit that brings life. The flesh doesn't. The words that I speak unto you, he said, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life-giving. Amen. Jesus said that the words which he speaks to us not only are spirit, but they make alive and they are life and not death. Can we say the same thing? Can we? Can we say the very same thing? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, In other words, don't be foolish. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't act as though you have no understanding at all after everything you've been taught in the word of God. Rather, act with understanding. Understanding what? What the will of the Lord is. Not what your will is, what the will of the Lord is. Not what somebody else's will is, but what the will of the Lord is. Amen? Verse 19, Philip 
speaking to yourself. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, we know where they are, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. That's a healthy tongue. Amen? That's a healthy tongue. Praise the Lord. What does a healthy tongue look like? Ephesians five nineteen through 20. Speaking to yourself in song. You've got a whole 150 of them to work with. And hymns and spiritual songs, giving thanks always for all things unto God. Amen. That's what God is expecting. This is a wise tongue. This is a wholesome tongue, which is a tree of life, which is a tree of life. That's what we're looking for. Rather than to defeat ourselves and give place to the devil, we should share our testimonies about the wonderful things that God has done for us. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy, the big D. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning with verse 6. Deuteronomy, Old Testament. Chapter 6, beginning with verse 6. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. That's right. Well, I can't remember. Place them in your heart. Not just in your head, in your heart. Amen? The Bible says that we fill ourselves with the word of God in our hearts. We hide the word in our hearts so that we might not sin against him. Amen? Verse 7, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. First, we have to place the words in our own heart. Then we can teach them diligently unto our children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. My, what a challenge. Place the words in our heart to teach them to our children, to continually talk about them when we're sitting in the house, when we're walking by the way, when we're driving down the road, when we lie down, when we get up. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God. 
if we are actually performing this scripture, it drastically reduces the work of foolishness in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. It will drive out a lot of that undesirable information that they received when they went to school. Amen? It is so. Amen? If we are continually teaching our children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, godchildren, and others, the truth of the word of God, seeds of wickedness and unrighteousness can be uprooted from their lives before they have a chance to sprout and blossom in evil. Let me say that again. If we are continually teaching our children our grandchildren, our nieces, nephews, godchildren, and others, the truth of the word of God, seeds of wickedness and unrighteousness can be uprooted from their lives before they have a chance to sprout and blossom in evil. Do do we do this thing? Are we actually doing this? You'll have to examine your life. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. They use knowledge rightly. But the mouth of fools Poureth out foolishness. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone? And somewhere during the course of the conversation, you begin to come to the conclusion, this person really doesn't know what they're talking about. They're not as bright as they'd like for you to think that they are. They want you to think that they have some knowledge that they really do not have a firm grasp on. Well, and then they open their mouths and pour out something that you know is 100% foolishness. It's time for you to find a new conversation. Amen? One of the problems that some of us have experienced is that when we are in a conversation with someone, even though they are clearly, we can clearly understand that they're in violation of scripture, they're absolutely walking in foolishness, we're going to stand there and just continue to go on and on and on with them. No, unless you want that foolishness deposited inside of you, it's time to terminate the conversation. Because that's what's going to happen. Those words are spirit, and they're being deposited inside of you. And sooner or later, one day, you'll open your mouth to say something, and you'll hear some of that foolishness come right out of your mouth. Amen. It's real. 
The foolish simply cannot keep their mouths closed. I know this to be an absolute fact. The foolish can't stand to keep their mouths closed. They've got to say something. They've got to interject. They've got to jump in the conversation. They cannot continue doing the task they were doing. They feel they have to drop what they're doing and jump right into the conversation, even if they were not invited. You know the saying, some folks can't hold water. Well, they tell everything that they know, whether it is truth or a lie. That's one of the marks of a fool. They can't hold the thing. If you tell them something and you think it's a secret, I want you to know it's not a secret now that you've told them because they're going to tell everyone. Even people that have never heard of you before, they're going to spread it. That's what they do. You can, you can uh, find them and point them out on your job. That's the person that you go to tell something. If you want to start something, uh, probably you shouldn't start, but you want to start something and just watch it go, go whisper it to that person. They'll spread it everywhere. And when it gets back to you, you'll sit there and chuckle. That's the one that runs to tell everything. Unfortunately, that's often if you wanted to spread a rumor, you go whisper it to them and they will spread it for you. Yes, they do. That's the kind of person that is. And that's the kind of person that we're not supposed to be. So if you're still that person, repentance is available to you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They do. They can't wait to share some tidbit of gossip. It doesn't matter if it's the truth or not. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11 says, A fool uttereth all his mind. That's dangerous. You never know who you're talking to. You know, we used to have a saying here in this city that you need to be careful when you talk to people because you don't know who you're talking to. You could be talking to somebody's cousin and busy talking about them, and you won't know it until they tell you, well, so-and-so is a member of my family. So-and-so is my cousin. Won't that be interesting? Won't that be interesting? But a wise man keeps it in until afterward. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, to stop arguing all the time. 
and having to have the last word. And you're right no matter what. It's an honor to stop acting that way. The Holy Spirit is telling us plainly that when we act this way, we are harming our and our own spiritual and physical and mental health. Amen? But every fool will be meddling. That's another sign of a fool. They're always meddling in somebody else's affairs. They don't know how to leave well enough alone. That's just against their religion, to stay out of other people's affairs and business. It's like constrain themselves. They've just got to get in the middle of the conversation. They can't simply sit there and overhear something. They've got to put their two cents in every single time. The New Testament teaches that we should learn to be quiet and to mind our own business. There are some people that cannot stand to see a conversation going on between other persons and they don't know what's being said. They, they immediately, like it's a magnet drawing them, they show up to get in the middle of the conversation. They've got to know everything. And, of course, if you don't tell them what they want to know, they'll be quick to tell you, well, I'll just ask God. It's not funny. It's a sin. Amen? But every fool will be meddling. And not only will they interfere in other people's affairs, but they'll jump in and take over the situation when no one asks them to be involved at all. That's a very dangerous thing, Saint. Amen. Saint, an uncontrolled tongue defiles. An uncontrolled Undisciplined tongue defile. Yes, it defile. Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse 10. Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse 10. Jesus speaking. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. That which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Verse 18, Matthew chapter 15 beginning with verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. All those judgments, 
all those prejudices, all those bigotries, all that discontent, all of that jealousy, all of that envy, all of that competition, it comes out of the mouth from the heart and it defiles the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man, God said, and we should believe him. Since the tongue can sow defilement, what must the reaping bring? Tongue can sow defilement, and you reap what you have sown, What must the reaping bring? Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. Don't deceive yourself. God is not mocked. You can't make a fool out of God. It's not going to work. For whatsoever a man soweth, we just finished talking about the things, kinds of things that are sown, that shall he also reap. If he sows rejection, he's going to reap rejection. If he sows judgment, he's going to reap judgment. If he sows bigotry, he's going to reap bigotry. If he sows hatred, he's going to reap hatred. And on and on it goes. And remember, when you sow, you reap a crop. You sow one seed, you get a crop. You get more than what you sowed. And you, in time, you get bumper crops. And bumper crops multiply. Verse 8, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. If you sow to the self-life, you will reap from the self-life corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. The choice is ours. The choice is ours. Proverbs 22, 8. Proverbs 22, verse 8. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity. My, how does this manifest in our health, you ask? Well, various ills that seemingly have no concrete cause or 
they will draw others away from God. Hmm. Neither one sounds desirable to me. A babbling mouth and an untruthful tongue produce disease in the soul. A babbling mouth, untruthful tongue. Truthful, what do you mean? The truth, the whole truth. Nothing but the truth according to the spirit of truth. That's what I mean by the truth. You know, there's some people who lie by omission. They lie by leaving out parts of the story. They tell the parts they want to tell, but they don't tell the truth and the whole truth. You know, there's some people that not only omit parts of the story that bring it into truth, they add to it. There's some people that tell bits of the truth and circumventing other facts because they don't want those revealed. Exaggeration is a form of lying. The truth doesn't need to be stretched in itself. Amen. If so, false accusers lie against the good character of others. They besmirch and damage the reputation of righteous persons and causes in the opinion of others. Mm-hmm. False accusers lie, and they know they're lying, against the good character of others. They besmirch and damage the reputation of righteous persons and causes in the opinion of others. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. A naughty person, a a wicked man, that's not good. That's not who we're supposed to be. Amen? That's not who we are supposed to be, a froward mouth. Amen. It is so same. This person, this kind of person has a heart that's full of rebellion. And they spend their time coming up with all the evil they can do and stirring up discontent among others. But that kind of person will be destroyed 
and broken. Verse 14, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 14. Frowardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. You know, they used to teach in the churches to be careful who you go to lunch with after church, and this could be at work or someplace else, who you hang out with because you become known by the people you associate with. If they're gossip, it will soon be assumed that you're one as well, even if you're not. But you know, saints, it's also wrong to sit there while people gossip to allow those spirits to come into you And when they say something that you already know is contrary to the word, you sit there and don't do a thing. You move into 100% passivity. You don't bind. You don't lose. You just sit there as if nothing happened. And by your passivity, by the fact that you didn't take a stand against it, either verbally or in the spirit, you have come into agreement with whatever came out of their mouth. And so now those spirits have full access to you. Amen. That is the way it works. You can't sit there while ungodliness is going on and act as though That's not what's happening. It won't work. It won't work before the throne of God. You are responsible to respond. Whether you do it by binding, whether you bind and then you get up and remove yourself from that, or whether you speak out or many other ways of responding, but you have to do something. You have to do something. And preferably, releasing the word of God into the circumstance is a good way to go. You see, a froward mouth is not easily controlled. It's stubborn, it's willful, it's contrary, It says anything. And if we choose to walk in that, we will eat the fruit of it. And the fruit of that will damage our health, spiritually and physically. Amen? So now we understand that. Proverbs. Chapter 6, verse 16. Let's go a little further. Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. 
These are things that the Lord absolutely, positively, completely hates. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him. This this is the abomination scripture, at least part of it. A proud look, a lying tongue, and that shed innocent blood. So that that explains how he feels about abortion. If you were wondering, well, what scripture can I present? Here it is. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. Of lies. And he that soweth discord among brethren. God hates it. It's an abomination to him. It's time to take God's point of view seriously. Judgment will suddenly overtake the one who commits such sin. See, saints. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 27, says this, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. And many sleep. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. And many sleep. That means, and many are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. In this passage, sleep refers to death. There have been believers who have, been, who have used their tongue to hurt and to injure the body of Christ. I have seen such in my lifetime. They say whatever they feel, or whatever rumor that they have heard. They have froward, wicked, evil tongues. They pass along ungodly speculation about the lives and activities of others. They use their mouths to attack persons that God is using to build his kingdom. If they do not change, 
the judgment of the Lord is guaranteed. They pass along ungodly speculation about the lives and activities of others. They use their mouths to attack persons that God is using to build his kingdom. If they do not change, not if they do not say, oh, Lord, I repent of that. No, if they do not change, not if they if they do not say, oh, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. No, if they do not change, the judgment of the Lord is guaranteed. God keeps his word. He honors his word. I can testify of three men who caused a church to split in a very painful way. They ran young believers out of the church that God was using to disciple them. They broadcast lies in the local newspaper and brought disgrace upon the body of Christ. Each of these men ended up in the hospital for years. Y-E-A-R-S, years, plural. If it had not been for the intercession of the leadership of the church, which they attacked and assaulted, they would have died. Saint, this lesson must be learned. People say all manner of evil, and then they come to work or to church or wherever it is and smile in the pastor's face, the supervisor's face, or whoever's face it is. But God hears it all. God hears it all. James chapter 3, beginning with verse 5. James chapter 3, beginning with verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and both behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. It doesn't take much to start some mess. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, not a place of iniquity, an entire world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Yes, saints, it defileth the whole body. James chapter 3, verse 8. James chapter 3, Verse 8, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly 
poison. Yes, it is full of deadly poison. Poison is a substance which causes illness or death when ingested or absorbed in relatively small quantities. It is designed to cause harm and to destroy. It says the tongue is full of deadly poison. It doesn't just have a little bit on the tip. No, it's almost gushing over. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 11. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment. And a babbler is no better. A gossip and a babbler is no better than a serpent that will bite and you haven't done a thing. You brought no enchantment. It has no provocation. It'll just bite and release its poison. A babbler and a gossip is the same. They're no better. Psalm 140, verse 3. Psalm 140, verse 3. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Think about it. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. You see, a serpent tries to catch you off guard. Don't they? Adder's poison is under their lips. Trust me, it's designed to kill something. Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy Chapter 2, beginning with verse 16. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, beginning with verse 16. Now, I need to make a point at this, um, at this juncture in the message. You are also responsible for what you text, what you Facebook, what you Instagram, what you Twitter, what you TikTok, and so on and so forth. Yes, you're held responsible before the throne of God. What you email, how, what you write, 
It's all your words coming out either in print or via the hearing. You see, I've had a person to send me a text message, and when I read the text message, I got an attack from the devil. You are responsible for all these things. It is the truth. Amen? Second Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 16. But shun profane and vain babbling, gossip, talking about so-and-so. You know, some people make this their entire entertainment, trying to keep up with all the vain babbling that are either in the news or about some celebrity, and they think that's so important. People that don't know them and people they'll never meet. Their whole life is wrapped up in keeping up with the trivial pursuits of somebody else. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. When you go this way, it just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. You know, there's some people that have been gossiping and allowing their mouths to just do anything they want to do for so long that they don't even remember what they say. They have almost no remembrance. It's like a water hose somebody turned on full blast and just let it fill the whole neighborhood. And their word will eat as doth a canker. What do you mean? As does cancer. Their word will eat as cancer eats. As cancer destroys cells, their words do the same thing. Yes, it eats away just as cancer does. Have you released words which produce death and eat away life just as cancer does? Proverbs 26:28 Proverbs 26:28 A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it A lying tongue hates those that it afflicts And a flattering mouth gets ruined Think about it. Proverbs twenty five eighteen. Proverbs chapter twenty five, just flip back a page, verse eighteen. A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Well what do you mean by that, Pastor? A liar is like a large wooden war club a sword, and a sharp arrow. A sharp arrow 
can split the target in two. All of these are weapons of destruction. They don't build anything up. They destroy that that already exists. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17. He that's truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Amen. And in verse 13, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 13, the wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips. Are you hurting your own self and others with an unhealthy tongue? Or has your tongue become a tree of life? Amen? Amen. It's a good time to ask the Lord just where you are in the program. Amen. It's a good time to seek the Lord and ask him where you are in the program. Brother Bill. Praise the Lord, Pastor Sabrina. We have some wonderful praise reports tonight. Let's get started. YDM says, praise God for rearranging my life to fit into my brand new home. Only he could have built it in such a time as this. Everything is possible for those who believe in him. God is truly in control. As I keep my eyes fixed on him, I can see his mighty works. Praise the Lord. That's a wonderful praise report. Dana has a praise report. Pastor Sabrina prayed that the Lord would guide us to the right service provider several days ago. I was looking for a technician to provide a home repair and signed a contract with the lowest bidder, but something was off. When praying, I perceived a different company, one whose name was my late father's nickname. Fortunately, thank you, Father, for the intervention. The company had not received the signed contract because I sent it to the business phone rather than the cell phone by mistake. And the company perceived, and the company perceived from the Holy Spirit will begin work this week. Thank you, Lord, for your provision and your guidance. Bless your holy name. Yes, saints, you've got to listen to the Lord whenever you're doing anything like that. You've got to ask. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for that wonderful praise report. In case says praise when we went on a farm tour today, I've been recovering from germs, hadn't eaten anything. The sun was very hot. The terrain was extremely uneven with mud puddles and all matter, all matter of things to trip on, but I did it. At the last stretch, my legs did not want to function, and every step took faith plus AK's assistance, but I kept on going. We finished strong. Considering my endurance and balance from just last year, it's clear God is giving me soundness and making me whole. We praise you, Lord, for that praise report. And Laura Ann says, praise the Lord. The recent archive, Walking in Peace, truly encouraged me from feeling low 
suddenly. Spirit reminded me I was behind in listening to the last few sermons. I was then happily able to carry on listening. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, saints, that's the key right there. You've got to go in those archives. You've got to listen to the Holy Ghost, and he will help you with everything. And we just give you praise and glory for these praise reports, and I'll read the others next Friday. And we give you the praise and just praise you, Lord Jesus. And now back to you, Pastor Sabrina. Wow. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, saints, God is good. But we have to do our part. He's not going to do his part and our part. We have responsibilities too. And the Holy Spirit made it quite clear to us that we need to deal with our mouths some more. Amen? We need to deal with our mouths some more, and we need to ask him to help us. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Because some of us, these habits are entrenched. We grew up with them. But they've got to go in the name of Jesus. Amen? They must needs believe. No matter how long we have to work at it. Amen? No matter how much we have to buy. Amen? We must overcome in the name of the Lord. And I believe that if we use our faith, we will. Praise God. Praise the Lord. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a new billboard campaign promoting abortion services in conservative states, cite a Bible verse with the words of Jesus as an apparent endorsement. Last Thursday, Governor Gavin Newsom of California posted images on social media showing billboards set to go up in Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and four other anti-freedom, as he called them, states, where abortion is prohibited or significantly restricted. Newsom's tweet read in part, to any woman seeking an abortion in these anti-freedom states, California will defend your right to make decisions about your health. Newsom tagged several Republican governors, including Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, and Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves, with whom he shared a billboard image that reads, Need an abortion? California is ready to help. The billboard partially quotes Mark chapter 12, verse 31. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Funded by Newsom's re-election campaign, the billboard omits the context of the exchange in the previous verse, in which Jesus is asked by a scribe, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus is quoted as reciting the Shema prayer from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, saying, 
This is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Well, I'm going to Deuteronomy 6 right now. If you'd like to join me, you can. You see, when these people want to quote something, they quote what they want to quote. I'm going to quote what I want to quote. Amen? I'm going to quote what I want to quote. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning with verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when, and when thou risest up. And he goes on from there. Saying so, no other commandment is greater than thee. Another billboard features the words, Texas doesn't own your body. No, Jesus Christ does. A similar billboard was also made for Indiana. In all, billboards are set to go up in seven states, Texas, Indiana, Mississippi, Ohio, South Carolina, which, by the way, isn't going to like it at all because just about all of their billboards talk about turning to Jesus Christ, South Dakota and Oklahoma, all of which are roundly pro-life. Joy Stockbauer, a policy analyst for the Center of Human Dignity at the Washington-based conservative advocacy group Family Research Council, told the Christian Post that Newsom's re-election campaign is disturbing. Governor Newsom's disrespect for the sincerely held religious convictions of Bible-believing Americans is disturbing, but sadly nothing new from far-left extremists within the Democratic Party. Perhaps Newsom wouldn't be so desperate to draw vulnerable women to California if his actual constituents weren't fleeing the state in droves due to his unwillingness to address the rampant violent crime problem. In recent months, California has taken several steps to position itself as an abortion sanctuary state after the Supreme Court overruled Roe v. Wade in June, allowing states to restrict abortion access. Last week, California launched a $1 million state-run website. So they're using everybody's state tax money to run this website, whether they're Christian or heathen or whatever they are, whether they're in agreement or not, promoting abortion to minors, immigrants, and women who live in states that restrict abortion. The website is funded through a $200 million budget package funded by taxpayers as the state seeks to be a sanctuary for abortion. Abortion is legal, safe, and accessible here in California. Whether or not you live here, 
Know that we have your back, said Newsom following the website's launch. As Republican states continue rolling back fundamental civil rights and even try to prevent people from accessing information online or crossing state lines for care, you're welcome here in California and we'll continue to fight for you. The website offers residents and non-residents information about abortion facility locations, how to access abortion pills, financial help and assistance with traveling for an abortion. The website also states that California law allows minors to independently consent to their own abortion care, despite any objections from their parents. The website links to teenhealthrights.org, which tells minors they do not need your parents' or caregivers' permission to get an abortion if you're under 18, and that it is their choice whether to tell your parents about it if you do get an abortion. The state website, the state's website also informs undocumented migrants seeking an abortion that they may be able to obtain California Medicaid coverage for the procedure. Earlier this summer, the California legislature passed over a dozen bills this week expanding and protecting abortion access and protecting abortion providers from criminal prosecution. We request the adjudications from the righteous judge concerning such matters. Planned Parenthood received record taxpayer funding amid an uptick in abortions and a decrease in health care services amid the COVID-19 pandemic, according to its recently released 2021 annual report. The nation's largest abortion provider released the report, report earlier this month, showing the organization's affiliates 183, 460 abortions in the fiscal year ending on June 30th, 2021. This figure constitutes an 8% increase from the 354,871 it performed in the previous year, as documented in its 2019-2020 annual report. The most recent Planned Parenthood report reveals that its affiliates provided services to 2.16 million clients during its reporting period, a decrease from the 2.4 million it served in the same period the year before. Services and testing for sexually transmitted infections decreased from over 5.4 million the year before to over 4.4 million in its most recent report. Meanwhile, cancer screenings decreased to nearly 417,000 from almost 599,000 the year before. Contraceptive services decreased to almost 2.2 million, down from over 2.5 million the year earlier. 
the number of adoption referrals provided by Planned Parenthood decreased from 2,667 to 1,940. Planned Parenthood reported receiving over 633 million in government health services reimbursements and grants for the year ending June 30th, 2021, which equaled more than a third of its total revenue. The nonprofit received over 618 million in government reimbursements and grants the year before. Mm, how interesting. How very interesting. Planned Parenthood acknowledged that the COVID-19 pandemic meant that many patients had to put off care to avoid exposing themselves and their loved ones to the deadly virus. Planned Parenthood health centers are proud to provide abortion, the report states. That's never been more true than during the COVID-19 pandemic. Abortion is essential health care that cannot wait for the end of a pandemic or the whims of politicians. In a Tuesday statement, Lila Rose, president and founder, pro-life activist organization Live Action, said that Planned Parenthood has made a mockery of our health care system. Rose noted the increase in the number of abortions performed by Planned Parenthood and the methods used to terminate pregnancies include the poison of the abortion pill regimen and the clamps and blades used in surgical abortions to kill and dismember preborn children. This barbaric butchery should be illegal, but instead it is subsidized by the American public, with taxpayers contributing an all-time high of $633.4 million to the abortion giant an over $15 million increase from the previous year, Rose said. While the amount of taxpayer money Planned Parenthood received increased over the past year, government funding as a share of its overall revenue remained nearly steady, dropping slightly from 38% to 37%. In a breakdown of the most recent annual report, Carol... Novelli of Live Action News, Pro-Life, pointed out that within the past decade, the number of clients Planned Parenthood serves climbed by 30% from 2009 to 2010 and nearly 35% from 1996 to 1997. From 2000 to 2020, Planned Parenthood conducted 6.4 million abortions while offering a little over 303,000 prenatal care services to pregnant women, according to Live Action. To put it in perspective, Planned Parenthood has committed about the same number of abortions every year that it offered in prenatal care services over two decades combined. Michael New, a research associate at the Bush School of Business, at the Catholic University of America notes that Planned Parenthood released its report over half a year after it usually does. The release of this report 
comes usually late in the calendar year, he wrote. Planned Parenthood had released their last four annual reports in the month of January or February. In 2021, this 2021 report provides further evidence that Planned Parenthood continues to prioritize abortion. Ryan Baumberger, a pro-life advocate and co-founder of the Radiance Foundation, questioned the timing of the release of the report. This year, PPFA released their latest annual report in a Friday news dump hidden beneath obsessive coverage of the British monarchy and the passing of Queen Elizabeth. In a pandemic where they provided 200,000 less breast, breast cancer exams and pap tests combined, than the previous year, Planned Parenthood somehow managed to have plenty of time to kill more human beings than ever in their history, he added. Even though they served 260,000 fewer clients than the year prior, they managed to rake in the most taxpayer dollars ever. Drastically fewer clients plus drastically fewer medical services plus stolen taxpayer dollars plus more abortions equals pay dirt, Rose called, for the halting of government support of Planned Parenthood, a demand pro-life activists have made for years. Every day that Planned Parenthood receives taxpayer money is a day where every American is involuntarily complicit in, oh, Jesus, nice, real nice words, gosh, and violence inherent to Planned Parenthood business model, she added. Planned Parenthood must be defunded immediately. They tried that before. And their violent business shut down. The release of the latest Planned Parenthood annual report comes less than one month after advocacy and political organizations affiliated with the abortion provider announced that they would spend $50 million on the 2022 midterm elections in an effort to elect champions for sexual and reproductive health care and rights, including abortion, up and down the ballot. The $50 million commitment follows a previous pledge from the Planned Parenthood Action Fund, NARAL Pro-Choice America, and EMILY's list to spend $150 million on the midterm election. Open Secrets, a nonprofit organization, that keeps track of the money spent by political groups to influence American politics, reported last month that Planned Parenthood Action Fund spent over 569000 on lobbying efforts in the second quarter of 2022. The money spent by Planned Parenthood Action Fund in the second quarter of 2022, when the news of the the overturning of Roe versus Wade decision that legalized abortion nationwide first broke marked a record for the most money raised by a pro-abortion group in the second quarter of the year. Open Secrets identified the legislation the Planned Parenthood Action Fund lobbied for, including the Women's Health Protection Act, which would codify the right to abortion established in row into federal law. The U.S. House of Representatives most recently passed a bill in a, twi- in a 219 to 210 vote in July. 
the legislation remains stalled in the U.S. Senate, where it has previously failed to garner the votes necessary for passage. Woo! I need to get something to drink. We are requesting adjudication from the righteous judge concerning Virginia's Department of Education under Governor Glenn Youngkin released a directive telling all school districts to stop allowing trans-identified students to identify as the opposite biological sex without legal documents. and to keep parents informed about their child's psychological development. The directive announced last Friday orders all 133 Virginia public school districts to no longer allow students to use bathrooms aligned with their preferred gender identity. Students wanting to be addressed by the opposite pronoun must file legal documents. In addition, The directive says that schools must keep parents fully informed about all matters relating to a child's health and social and psychological development, and they may not conceal information related to the child's gender from parents. The document also states that school staff is not required to address a student in any manner that contradicts their religious beliefs. Youngkin's guidelines reversed the directive enacted under the previous governor, Democrat Ralph Northam, which called for allowing trans-identifying students to use opposite-sex pronouns without documentation. Nicole Neely, founder and president of the National Parental Rights Activist Organization, Parents Defending Education, said in an interview that other states should allow should follow Youngkin's lead. The kinds of ideas and the kinds of policies that have been pushed in schools across the country, when parents know what's going on, they're appalled by those, and rightly so. Because right now the default setting is far too many school districts is let's keep secrets from mom and dad. That Governor Youngkin has put parental rights first and foremost is something that shouldn't be revolutionary. But sadly, in 2022, it is, she added. The American Civil Liberties Union of Virginia criticized the Youngston administration's policy, writing in a Saturday tweet that the directive will worsen suicide and harm and self-harm rates in LGBT students. We are appalled by the Youngston administration's overhaul of key protections for transgender students in public schools, the ACLU wrote. Neely argues that schools already serve as mandatory reporters, requiring teachers and staff to intervene if they feel a child is in an unsafe environment. From them to now, pretend that the default setting is all families are unsafe is really throwing the baby out with the bathwater because there are already provisions in place, she said. Neely claimed that the Northrum's administration's policies made schools assume that families were unsafe and that school was the only place of safety for kids. Unfortunately, these policies are in schools across the country, 
coast to coast, she said. While many districts in rural conservative areas of the state will likely comply with Youngstown's order, there is a lot of talk of a lawsuit coming from northern Virginia Virginia districts in the liberal suburban Washington counties. Critics contend that the order violates the Virginia Human Rights Act, which was expanded in 2020 to bar discrimination based on gender identity and public accommodations. Now I'm going to say something. All this gender identity and public accommodations, that came in with the Obama administration, if you recall. Amen? That's where that came from. Since Parents Defending Education's founding in March, the organization has received 50 to 200 tips from across the country. Most of the tips received this year have been about policies related to gender identity in schools. Parents have concerns about fairness regarding female athletes losing awards or scholarships due to being forced to compete against biological males, according to Neely. In addition, parents are worried about girls having to share a bathroom or locker room with boys identifying as the opposite sex. Neely pointed to a federal lawsuit her organization filed in August in the Northeastern District of Iowa Cedar Rapids Division after the Lenmar Community School District instituted a gender-neutral bathroom and locker policy. She claims that many girls were afraid to use the restroom or change for gym class as a result, something she feels highlights many parents' concern regarding such policies. They worry about the privacy of these spaces, she said, stating that Governor Youngston is leading with parental rights. People want to know what's going on in their child's life so that they can make informed decisions. The parents defending education founder said, maybe I won't send my child on the field trip. I want to know if my child is being referred to by a different name. If the child is leading, for all intents and purposes, a double life in school, they're going by one name and one pronoun at home and another at school. What kind of mental turmoil does that cause for adolescents, she asked. Last November, Youngston defeated his Democratic challenger, Terry McAlfey, in the Virginia gubernatorial race, an election that took place amid national debates surrounding parental involvement in education. During a debate, McAlfey argued against parents telling schools what to teach. Meanwhile, Youngkin propped himself up as an advocate for parental involvement in education. Around this time, two schools in Loudoun County, Virginia, attracted controversy due to reports of two sexual assaults committed at two different high schools by the same male student, during one of which he was wearing a skirt in a girl's bathroom. The incidents reportedly took place before Loudoun County officials implemented a policy allowing trans-identifying students to use the restroom corresponding with their gender identity. Last July, Fairfax County adopted a policy permitting trans-identifying students to use the restroom that aligns with their preferred gender identity, which parents protested. Another policy required school newspapers, yearbooks, and other official student lists to refer to students as their chosen pronouns. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning C. 
speak to anyone who has endured an abusive relationship, and they'll tell you that one of the worst forms of psychological manipulation that narcissistic abusers employ is gaslighting, wherein the abuser makes the abused party think they're crazy. The the corporate media has mastered this tactic with so-called gender-affirming care, referring to it referring it to a T. Legacy press outlets have insisted in lockstep with a seemingly predetermined narrative that gender-affirming surgeries are most assuredly not being performed on minors or they are minimizing them if they are. They tell their audiences that those scrutinizing policies and practices at children's hospitals nationwide are delusional right-wing lunatics threatening the hospital staff. But are minors being irreversibly maimed nowadays, as those dastardly right-wingers claim? Yes, but don't take my word for it. What follows is a sample of original source material showing doctors involved in these operations in recent years. These are gender clinicians speaking and writing in their own words in prominent peer-reviewed journals. In December 2018, the medical journal The Lancet, Diabetes and Endocrinology, published an article titled Gender-Affirming Hormones and Surgery in Transgender Children and Adolescents, which amalgamated findings on mental health outcomes, cognitive and physical effects, side effects, and safety variables on cross-sex hormones and surgical interventions in youth. These measures in females, the article summary states, are associated with improvements in mental health and quality of life. The journal does admit that the vaginoplasty surgeries are extremely scarce for under 18 individuals. But even if they are, what explains the media's hurried rush to assure us that they are not happening? Isn't one maimed minor one too many? Back in 2014, a peer-reviewed article in the Journal of Sexual Medicine noted that despite the minimum age of 18 as eligibility to undergo irreversible procedures, anecdotal reports show that vaginoplasties of female-affirmed patients younger than 18 have been performed by surgeons, thereby contravening the World Professional Organization for transgender health standards of care. It must be noted here that these vaunted WPATH guidelines are basically a smokescreen of suggestions. They are certainly not hard and fast rules that are enforced by relevant patient safety laws. And might we ask why the mass media is so uninterested in looking into these reports of minors? In 2017, the Journal of Sexual Medicine Uh, It did an article titled, Age is Just a Number. WPATH-affiliated surgeons experiences and attitudes toward vaginoplasties in transgender females under 18 years of age in the United States. It is documented documented that of the 11 surgeons who had performed vaginoplasty, vaginoplasty on a transgender female minor, Ten were in private practice. Reported ages of minors undergoing surgery range from 15 to a day before 18 years. 
The article goes on to explain that while there was no unanimous recall among the surgeons interviewed of who had performed such a surgery on the youngest, one surgeon stated that a boy who had been operated on in this way was just at the cusp of turning 16. So much for these brutal genital surgeries not happening to kids, right? And last I checked, the age of 15 on the cusp of 16 is legally considered a minor, no? What about double mastectomies on young women, including minor girls? These have been happening for several years now, and the numbers are rising according to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Almost disturbingly, as a journalist, Lisa Sellen Davis, detailed in an April Substack essay, these surgeries are widely marketed to minor girls, and photographic evidence of this abounds. In September 2018, the Federalist highlighted the alarming contents of an article from May of that year published in JAMA Pediatrics titled Chest Reconstruction and Chest Dephoria in Transmasculine Minors and Young Adults, Comparisons of Non-Surgical and Post-Surgical Cohorts. The first author listed in this author is Johanna Olson Kennedy, a Los Angeles pediatrician who documented the experiences of 68 post-operative girls about how they felt after their breasts were amputated. The data show that at the time of their surgeries, 33 were younger than 18. Five of those girls were 14. Two were only 13. Not to be outdone, footage of Kelly Lankhart of Kaiser Permanente, Oakland, has been widely shared online where the gender clinician claims that the youngest girl to have ever undergone a masculizing gender mastectomy was 12 years old. At the Center for Gender Surgery at Boston Children's Hospital, which has come under fire after videos were shared by activist Chris Elkston and subsequently retweeted by libs of TikTok, the Journal of Clinical Medicine documents that dozens of girls have had their breasts removed. A data table in the article published this year titled A Single Center Case Series of Gender-Affirming Surgeries and the Evolution of a Specialty Anesthesia Team reveals that 65 double mastectomies were performed on minor girls from 2017 to 2020. Finally, given the recent release audio of staffers at Children's National Hospital, in Washington, D.C., saying on tape that gender-affirming hysterectomies are being performed on 16-year-old girls, which is followed by a denial and an interference running from outlets like NPR and the Washington Post, which never failed to genuflect before the American state religion of LGBT dogma. Is there any truth to the claim that uterus removal surgeries on gender dysphoric girls are occurring anywhere? Or is that just another crazy right-wing conspiracy theory fueling a campaign of terrorizing threats? In May 2017, the Obstetrics and Gynecology Journal titled Hysterectomy, a Gender Affirmation Surgery, 
and female-to-male transgender persons. The authors Nita, whatever her last name is, and Linda reviewed 15 females who underwent hysterectomies by a single surgeon from 2012 to 2016. The age range listed for this group of fit patients was 16 to 43, setting aside whether it is ethical to remove a physically healthy uterus from a female at any age, and it's not, given her highly likelihood of developing dementia and other major health complications. Here it is being plainly stated that, yes, these surgeries have indeed happened in recent years to under-18 youth. Due to the media's refusal to research and scrutinize these issues, the American public has been kept in the dark about these atrocities, yet the facts are steadily emerging because of the dedicated work of alternative media publications and tireless online investigative sleuths. The horrifying realities are becoming undeniable, but many have turned a blind eye and remain loyal to their preferred ideological narrative because the truth is too unpleasant to bear. Minors are being surgically disfigured under the banner of a non-existent gender identity in clinics and hospitals around the country. As more and more detransitioners who were sterilized and disfigured as minors start to raise their voices, and as others around the world begin filing lawsuits against the medical institutions that harmed them, let me hereby put the U.S. journalists who covered up this grotesque medical abuse of children on notice. You will not be allowed to feign ignorance and pretend that you did not know. And neither will the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see. There are people who don't listen to the end of the broadcast because they don't want to hear about the things that are going on in the world. But you see, saints, we live down here. We were stationed here. We've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. And to decide that you don't want to hear, you don't want to know, you don't want to come into agreement with, you will stand before the throne of Almighty God. and give an accounting for the things done in your body. You will have to explain to Jesus Christ why you felt it necessary to get off the broadcast because you didn't want to hear about all these political and other things that are going on in the world. And you didn't particularly feel that you ought to have to come into agreement uh, with the body as we present these situations to the righteous judge for his adjudication. So now if you're willing to face him under those circumstances, you're on your own. Amen? Praise the Lord. We're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. After 20 years of living by lipstick and stiletto, former drag queen Kevin Witt picked up a Bible. Since then, he's been on a mission to spread hope to others trapped in the gay sex industry and warn parents about family-friendly drag shows. Drag shows are never appropriate for children because they are designed to destroy family structures, said Witt, who became a Christian eight years ago. Witt describes drag shows as equivalent to a strip club. Imagine going to a strip club but not stripping. 
almost like a burlesque show, he said. Whit was a drag performer for 20 years. When he left, children were rarely seen at drag shows, he said. Now drag events that target children are rapidly spreading across America. The short version is it's it's indoctrination and grooming, he said, and it's all an agenda and a plan. The plan is to tear down the nuclear family. Whit got into drag because of childhood trauma, he said. He suffered a dysfunctional home, bullying at school and sexual abuse. One Halloween, he wore a French-made costume as a joke, and it impressed his friends, he said. Everybody was like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. You look just like a girl and all this stuff. And people started to notice me, he said. The attention Whit got from dressing in drag was so addictive that he did it whenever he could. He said, and this is back in the 90s, he said. It was definitely not cool back then. Whit started doing drag shows. Then he started living dressed as a woman full time. Then he got into prostitution. I started escorting and then... From escorting, I was a phone sex operator and a dominatrix, whatever that is. And I did just about everything you could do in the adult entertainment industry, he said. A dominatrix is a dominating woman, especially one who takes a sadistic role in sadomasochistic sexual activity. And that, he said, was the inspiration for his stage name, Dominique O'Hara Many similar performers who refer to themselves as drag queens have similar stories. Most of them have been have either been neglected or abused or abused. Whit ended his drag career after a gay stripper invited him to church. I became a Christian, he said. That desire to live as a female, that desire for sex with random people. And all of that went away. And the more I was involved with church and God, the less I was interested in those things. However, leaving drag behind made many of his LGBTQ friends think he hated them, he said. I hope the LGBT community can realize that I don't hate them, he said. I don't hate them at all. And just because I disagree with their lifestyle does not mean that I hate them. While drag shows usually have an element of obscenity, which said today's shows are worse than in the past. For me, it was more about being glamorous and elegant and classy and just a little bit trashy. But nowadays, it's more about being a real trash heap, he said. Drag is not child or family friendly, he said. It's very adult entertainment and definitely not for children. At drag shows, customers stuff money into his underwear, he said. Some audience members made him take money out of their mouths. Only twice were children involved in shows, he said. In one, a young professional dancer took part in a brief dance and left. In another, Whit held a drag event for gay teenagers. It was never children like five-year-olds, he said. He's shocked by drag queen story hours and child-friendly drag events being promoted around the country. It's public outcry that's that's forcing planned drag events for children to find other venues, he says. 
Amen. And I'll let you finish uh, reading that because it gets kind of, um, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, Father, we're asking the righteous judge for his adjudication in all these matters. Amen. Yes, we are. We need the righteous judge. Brother Marshall, it's time. Wow. We're so grateful, Father, that your mercies are new every day. Boy, do we need them. (laughs) Oh, God, We know no one's good but God. So for me and those I can stand in for, for my generations on both sides of my family going back, I take responsibility and repent and renounce every spirit of untimely judgment, selfishness, idolatry, including worship of self, and the things we've had to deal with and, and done in the past when we didn't know any better, Father. In Jesus' name, including dressing up and going out on Halloween when I was a child. I didn't know it was evil. I got a little clue as I was growing up. Some of our neighbors did things that were not very nice. On mischief night, they used to call it. Mountain mischief night seems to be 24-7, not necessarily with people putting toilet paper in trees and scribbling with soap on car windows and things, but doing mischief against people's sense of what's right and wrong, telling people that they're wrong for being concerned about children, being wrong for wanting children to have a a chance to grow up and make up their own minds instead of being told what they're supposed to do by that spirit of confusion that seems to be so rampant, Father. Forgive me and my forefathers for having anything to do with Planned Parenthood. Even before they started offering abortions, they had a nice little slogan, but that wasn't good. Forgive me, Lord, when I was a child and I had a younger sister and one time, I would have totally forgotten about it, but somebody took a picture of me because there was, there was cowboy outfits and things, and I had a cowgirl skirt on. Well, Father, forgive me for having to do with that because it says in your word, I think it's in Deuteronomy. I don't remember where it is right now, Father God. Try to look at Maybe it's in Numbers. It says it's an abomination for a man to dress as a woman, a woman to dress as a man. It's in your book, Lord. You don't want us to have any spirit of confusion. You're not the author of confusion, but we know who is. But you're the author of peace. Where? As in all the churches of the saints. There's more than one or two churches where people actually worship and adore the Lord Jesus because you paid the price, Lord. You came from heaven. You were from eternity past. You were with the Father. Before, there was the highest part of the dust of the earth spoken into being. You who were with the Father from eternity past came into earth, leaving your heavenly throne to come down here and be born in a, in a, in a stable it's in Bethlehem. You fulfilled the scriptures, but you didn't have a, a deluxe suite ready for you. No, you didn't even get to go into the inn if they had such things. You weren't welcomed into the homes. You were told to stay at where the animals were. You were treated worse than an animal. Some of these children today, and Father, the things that are being done, Father, in this day and age, they're people that look like people on the outside, but you know what's on their hearts, Father. You know what's in the inside, Father. And some of them may be people, and some of them may not be people. So we ask for your discernment, Father. You, t- if you command us to love everyone as you loved us, Lord. <laughs> and that is extremely profound. You say the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. He said, this is my commandment. You love one another as I have loved you. How did you love us? Oh, oh yeah, you, you came and you, you took our 
curses when you hung on that tree and you poured out your blood, your soul for us. And you command us to be willing to love other people that way. But we need to know who are people who are just, what some people call lizard heads, people that are living from a lower level. They have no ability to even think rationally, Father, because they're controlled by spirits of fear and other carnal spirits, Father. And some of them may actually be just AI robots that look like humans. I don't know. And other things you talk about in Daniel. So we come before your throne of grace, Father, for all these different things that Pastor Sabrina has led through, read through, Father God, and Jesus, including these things that, and I don't blame AK and others who need to go to bed early because they're younger, Father God. But some, Father God, do need to have their, don't need to have their nose rubbed in it, but Father God, Yes, if a dog poops in the rug and you're trying to train them when they're a puppy, you sometimes people rub their, put their dogs in, in, in crates to, to train them, Father God, because they say, well, you know, they're not going to poop or they're going to sleep. Well, hopefully not. But, Father God, hopefully all of us can learn. So teach all of us, because those that are actually your children, your human beings that you created in your image for your glory, we're not created here for our pleasure. Some people worship false gods. Some of the people's gods are their belly. It says that in the book. I think it's in one of the book, like, uh, and it's either Ephesians or Philippians. Something. Anyway, some people have their God as their belly. Other people, God is what? What they're thinking where? And their carnal heart, like Dr. Sabrina talked about. Out of the, abund- out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, all kinds of nasty things. It's not only in, in Matthew 15, but it's in Mark, I think it's uh, chapter 7. You talk about that, Father God, that we're not polluted by what we put into our bodies so much, especially when you eat it. Maybe injections aren't such a hot idea, a good idea from God's point of view. Father, we ask your adjudication in all these different situations, including the righteous judge, concerning the new billboard campaign to use religion to make uh, ideas that are offensive to you, Lord, to be uh, offensive to those that make, may act, maybe they actually think that way, maybe like the governor from California thinks that way. Because it says some people are so confused in their minds that actually what they think that they're thinking is right, they don't know what they're thinking is wrong They because they haven't read the book. They don't have a, an interest in the truth, Father God. There's a spirit of error and there's a spirit of truth. But, Father, we know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men. In fact, you made it really, really clear, didn't you, Lord? Where is that, Father? In Jesus' name. You said in Daniel chapter 4, in fact, you said it several times, I think that might be for emphasis. And you see something more than once in your word, that's kind of important. It says in Daniel 4.17, Daniel 4.25, Daniel 4.32, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and give it to whomsoever he will. And the end of that chapter, Nebuchadnezzar, after being fed with and having nice green smoothies is a good thing. It's helped me in the past, Father. And I thank you for that opportunity, Father God, in the physical realm to have some things that help purge out the body from the nasty things. I've heard several medical doctors that actually try to speak the truth, and there are still a few of them out there, that said fasting is actually healthy for the body. It helps improve our immune system, which is a lovely thing. Well, Nebuchadnezzar must have had a wildly improved improved immune system after eating grass for seven years. But in verse 37 of Daniel 4, Nebuchadnezzar says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. Hey, he found out there's a king in heaven who worketh, whose works are truth. Wow. And his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. 
Well, Nebuchadnezzar thought the whole kingdom he did by his own strength, by his own might. And then after eating grass with the oxes for seven years, he said, oh, it wasn't my might. I'm just a created being. There is a God in heaven that are able to abase the proud. So, Father, we ask you to abase those that are either intentionally or unintentionally confused, misled, and trying to lead others into error, Father God, including those from the different states that are putting up billboards to malign Christians that are standing for and people, maybe not even Christians, that are just, there's a Muslim doctor who wants to get the truth out, Father God, even in this country, Father God, about the COVID nonsense. So we thank you, Father, for those, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, that actually are willing to speak the truth, at least from the medical point of view, and about the ridiculous nonsense about the hypocrisy that's going on from some of these people. A ridiculous hypocrisy. Say, oh, we're sanctuary states. We're sanctuary cities. Oh, well, oh except um, if all the illegals are being uh, poured across the border, millions of them, into Arizona and, 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 and uh, New Mexico and Texas. And, of course, they want to spread the wealth all over the place, but they don't want it to go to the nice elite enclaves where the people like the previous President Obama and others, the Hillary's and others, kind of have their nice little McMansions in Jesus' name, kind of million-dollar mansions with lots of bedrooms. They can't find a place for those, Father God. So we ask you to bring to light the people that are looking for having people affirm them to say, oh, you're so concerned about the down-and-outers. That's why you're a, 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 you know, you welcome the, you welcome all these people with open arms until they come to your house, until they come to your neighborhood. Oh, but well, they don't look the same as I do, or they don't have the credentials, or they don't have whatever. Father, we ask you to bring to light what's going on, including those that are trying to overturn the benefits of Roe versus Wayne Ray being overturned and sent back to the states. They give the states the opportunity, because this country was created as a Christian nation. Believe it or not, yes, there has been the mixture of the, of the Masons early on, Father God, but it was created as a Christian nation, Father God. And it was, the division of church and state was between, they didn't want to have, like, everybody be forced to be a Church of England person. Everybody be forced to be some particular denomination, Father God. But they were all, at least were they Christians. Even some people who were Roman Catholics are actually Christians. They actually believe in Jesus. They don't believe in worshiping false gods like Mary or any other false god like pride, like political correctness of things that are not actually politically correct, Father God. We know, Father God, you said, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be before the Son of Man returns, Father. We know you're coming back soon, Jesus. We don't know when. Only Father God knows. He's going to say, go get your bride when the time is right. But, Lord, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's the days of Noah. So shall it be. What happened in the days of Noah? Oh, did they have uh, things in Sodom and Gomorrah that sounded a lot like what's going on right now? Right now? In different areas, including political areas, not just Democrat. Oh, no, no. No, we share the wealth. It's one uniparty. No, no, it's one uniparty. Father, we ask you to judge each one. Bring the things to light as we've been praying, Father God. And we thank you that Dr. Sabrina has gone to the trouble of looking all these things up. And we've been praying according to many scriptures in Matthew 10, 26. How about Luke uh, twelve two. Jesus says, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. 
We thank you for exposing what's going on, including these so-called gender-affirming surgeries, which is actually not gender-affirming. It's gender kind of a confusion kind of a thing, trying to tell 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 15-year-olds, oh, yeah, they could just lop this off or put this off. It sounds like, I mean, even when they offered sacrifices to, in the, to the false gods in the Old Testament, they just burned their children in the belly of a bull or burned their children in the arms of a, of a statue of an owl. I don't even like to mention the names of the false gods because you tell us not to mention their names, but it's pretty hard, Father. Again, some of the times, the days of the week have the names of false gods. It's pretty hard, Father, to do everything you the way you want. Help us, Lord, to know how to do so. Help us all to change the way you want. Help us all to change the way you want, Father God. And continue to help me, Lord. Set a watch before my mouth, keep the doors of my lips. I do take responsibility to repent and renounce for my sins from being my forefathers, God. But Father God, for entertaining any spirits of, of perversion, every every spirit of selfishness, forgive us and deliver us all. For against you and you only have we sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Forgive us and deliver us all for allowing the children to be, so many children to be aborted, Father God. We know their blood is calling out from the ground, Father God, from the abortion clinics, not just the Gosnell Clinic, whatever it's called, in, in uh, whatever that was in West Philly, Father God, but all those places where, where doctors and people have done terrible, horrific things, Father God, to human beings, Father God, in abortions. Father God, we thank for the people being willing to stand up in the states where they actually still understand there is a real God in heaven, and we're all going to stand before him, before the judgment seat of Christ, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for exposing all these things, even like you said in Luke 8, 17, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. So we thank you for exposing what's going on, Father God behind the scenes of all these things that Dr. Sabrina has gone to all the trouble of looking up and reading through all these different things about uh, the wild, extravagant uh, funding of Planned Parenthood's political arm to keep people having their little ones aborted, Father God, and bringing many to uh, other states where they can be ritualistically kind of a murdering children to worship, to give the, the, blood, the blood to Satan, maybe not think that that's what they're doing oh well it's just inconvenient right now and and i really didn't love him it was just you know but what about the baby that's a human being created in god's image did you ever think about that actually some people don't know they're creating god's image but at least pat holiday found that out she went to a nice little roman catholic school apparently her mother actually was trained in that uh, tradition father god and and but she found out the truth eventually father god because you went and got a hold of her after she started to lean towards Satan's ways, Father God. You went and got a hold of her said, if there's a real God in heaven, deliver me from these spirits. So we ask you, you're no respecter of prayers. We ask you to deliver all the people, deliver all the children, not just the United States, every nation from these spirits who want to steal, kill, and or destroy, trying to steal their ability to reproduce. Now, why would Satan want children to grow up in a way that they don't have their sexual parts to reproduce anymore? They... They had their uteruses removed, or they were castrated, or whatever. Why would he like that? Because maybe he knows that some people are going to grow up to be walking in the Spirit in profound strength. And it also talks about in the Scripture that if a man has his privates cut off, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God wants us all to be whole, not just emotionally, not just spiritually, but even physically whole. He wants us to behold the way he created us. If people think Michelangelo or whatever, some great uh, artist, would not want somebody to put a, 
uh, a mustache on Mona Lisa or whoever, any one of these artists that did their, their creations. How about when God created Adam and Eve, we just read about in Genesis, that when he created uh, the last creation was man, he said it was all not just good, very good. And yet he had to destroy those in the flood that were filled continually with evil on the inside, like it talks about in Genesis chapter 6. He had to destroy those that had nasty, stinking thoughts on the inside. We know, Father God, that's going to come. The first flood was water to purge the earth. The second one is fire. You said there's going to be fire. And you said everyone shall be salted with fire. Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Did Jesus had to do that? Did, was his sacrifice accepted by Father God when he hung on that tree as a fire? Because he endured the wrath of the Most High in my place. And I, I certainly deserved it. He didn't deserve it. He was sinless. He knew no sin. He knew no sin. Did that for me and for each of us who are willing to believe on his name. And his name is written in blood. And that blood is that the name above all names, the name of I am that I am. Help me, Father. Help us all to know how to intercede. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth all men liberally and abradeth not. Father God, you're not the author of confusion, but of pieces in all the churches of the saints. Father, for all those who've interceded for, including those in, <clears throat> in the legislative branches and those that will be newly elected, Father God, in the coming time, Father God, help us all, even those who come in with good intentions, those who claim to be Christians, Father God, like Pat Holiday claimed when she was running for office before she actually became a Christian, but she said you couldn't get elected in Florida back then if you didn't claim to be a Christian. She carried a Bible around, didn't know it was written inside too much, but she knew she was great in the image of God. That was a good start. And she cared about the family. Thank goodness Pat Holiday cared about the family even before she came into, into the kingdom. But when she came into the kingdom, she realized how important that was. And she stood against all the perversion of the uh, women's rights thing, which had nothing to do with women's rights. It had just to do with bringing in the perversion, Father God. So help all of those and all those that will be in positions of power and authority, even heads of household, Lord. Unite me and all of us. Teach me thy way, O Lord, like it says in Psalm 86, 11. Psalm 86, 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. That's the name above all names. And, Father God, the name above all names, the name of I am that I am, teach those, Father God, that we're interceding for. Send, the, send your angels to read the word of God over them, those that have not heard the word, Father God, those that even nice Catholics who, who are standing trying to uh, keep uh, people from doing abortions, and there's some of them that have that, that, which is wonderful. But, Father God, they need to know the truth. They don't have to spend a turning in the lake of fire because they worship an idol. Because you said, no, no idolater is going to make heaven, Father God. It says that in Revelation uh, 21.8, I'm pretty sure. And we don't want anybody to have to miss out on heaven, because the other place, not just a little warm, uh, not just no cold beer, not one drop of water, not even one drop to cool the tongue. So, Father, help all those that think they're okay. Like I used to think I was okay. A lot of people, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Would you mean you're doing well? Oh, no, I'm good. Uh, the Bible says only God is good. 
Because only God is good. Marshall isn't good. Uh-uh. Not apart from the blood of Jesus. Where is that, Lord Jesus? You said in your word in Revelation 21, 8, but the fearful, those are controlled by ungodly fear. It's good to have a fear of God. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, those who hate other people, they're human beings, the whoremongers, they do all kinds of nasty things, the sorcerers, we bind those spirits in Jesus' name, idolaters, those that worship themselves, worship a, a politician, idolaters, all liars, because shall have their part in the lake which burneth in fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So, Father God, there's a lot of people at places like Planned Parenthood and some politicians that look like they're heading that way, Father. But you said just nothing before the time. You got a hold of Sol Tarsus. He did some pretty nasty things. Apparently, according to Pat Holiday, he got a hold of Khrushchev before he left this world, Father God, because he started, had a little seed that was planted in him when he was young, even before he was touting the wonderful things that, you're gonna, that the uh, communists were going to do, which they're desperately trying to do, trying to bring in that thing right now. And not just the United States. Oh, how about Australia? How about Austria? How about all the European nations, Father God, and France and Germany? Father, deliver all those, all those people that are being confused, Father God, by the political correctness of the LBG, LGBTQ nonsense, Father God, in Jesus' name. Deliver all those that can be delivered. Youngkin standing up in Texas a little bit to give parents some of their rights back. They have just evaporated somehow while the parents are dozing And those that are trying to put out things to be medical journals like the Lancet, which used to have stand up for some truth, Father God, and now they're going along with the old you want, Father God, Jesus' name, and deliver all the children, those children that are being saved, those children being sacrificed for the sake, not just in the abortion, but those that are having their Oh, 
Constitution. But we think you're bringing all these things to light. And what's going on? Sabrina and Dr. Still, 